Here's some very formulaic sports talk. From the beginning of the Penguin season in 2015-16 to Monday night's loss to Washington that ended the Penguins' 17-18 campaign, what was the defining moment of this run for the Penguins? And let's not make it easy. You can't say either of the cup-clinching wins at San Jose or at Nashville. They're off-limits. That's too easy. Dial now, 412-333-9939, or tweet me, at X. There's no hockey again tonight. That's two nights in a row, and that stinks. Game 7 between Winnipeg and Nashville is tomorrow night. Here's my pick for the defining moment of these last three Penguin seasons. I would say it's Nick Bonino's goal in overtime of Game 6 against Washington in 2016. The goal that eliminated Washington. It was a signature moment for PPG Paints Arena, for the crowd. The decibels after that goal were insane. And that was the moment when I knew, and I suspect you knew too, that was the moment we all knew the Penguins could win the Stanley Cup. I knew it. You knew it. They knew it. And they did win it. So that's my defining moment. Tell me yours, Dow 412-333-WXDX. Uh, the Penguins had their breakup day today. Addressed the media one last time. It was in Cranberry at the Lemieux Complex, which is just too far to go if I'm going to prepare an entertaining show. But a few nuggets of information emerged. Malkin had a knee injury. Actually, we knew that yesterday. Gino didn't address the media today, but that's why he's not going to play for Russia at the World Championships. Wow, playing for Russia at the World Championships. That had been Ovechkin's job up until this year. Phil Kessel didn't speak. General Manager Jim Rutherford said he'd been dealing with multiple injuries all year. Sullivan said that none of Kessel's injuries were significant, and he said it in a way that kind of puts heat on Kessel for not playing well in the postseason. That is not a good relationship, but all the coaches I've known with the Penguins, with various hockey teams, I don't know any that would have a good relationship with Phil Kessel if he played for them. He's just not that kind of player. He's not a coach's player. Dominic Simone said he had a broken thumb. The way he handles the puck, really, I can't see what difference that made. Zach Aston Reese was in the hizzy. He said he's been eating soup, smoothies, and ice cream after having his jaw broken by the Capitals' Tom Wilson via that headshot three games back. Zach Aston Reese said Wilson has not reached out to him since the headshot, which shows what a low-class piece of garbage Wilson is, not that we needed further confirmation. Latang talked a lot. I'll get to some of his quotes a little bit later. I got a blog about Tanger posted on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Uh, yesterday, I was praising Sid, who is still the best player in hockey, and Gensel, 
who was a phenom in these playoffs, and Dumoulin, who just did everything right on defense. But I left out Patrick Hornquist, who is very worthy of praise. I didn't think they could resign Hornquist, and I wasn't even sure they should. But they did, and I'm glad. Whenever a line is struggling, Sullivan moves Hornquist to that line, and that line instantly does better. He's the best right wing for Sid, and the best right wing for Geno, too. He's the catalyst for the power play. Patrick Hornquist is a tremendous combination of physicality, instinct, and skill. He's not easily replaced, and thank Jeebus, the Penguins don't have to. Some quick pirate stuff. Uh, the Buckos won 10-6 last night after trailing 4-0. That's at the Chicago White Sox. Corey Dickerson had four hits and two RBIs. Nova got his ass kicked, but Glasnow pitched relief and didn't stink. In fact, the whole Bucko bullpen was actually okay in yesterday's game. Pirates are currently 20-16. and 16. I never got a reaction yesterday to Nick Kingham being sent down to AAA after winning both his starts with Pittsburgh, posting great stats, and he goes back to the minors. Can any Pirate fanboy out there justify that? Because I can't. Some say it's scheduling. Right now the Pirates just need four starters, so send Kingham back to AAA and let him pitch. I got a better idea. Keep Kingham here in Pittsburgh and let him pitch. If you only need four starters during this period of the schedule, then Kingham should be one of those. Please, I'm begging you, use your best guys. 412-333-9939. The Penguins have to figure out what to do with a few players. I don't trade Latang or even consider it. He's a legitimate number one defenseman, and there aren't many of those in the NHL. I will say, I think he and Mike Sullivan have to have better communication. I'm told the two don't talk a lot, and that Sullivan kind of leaves Latang to Jacques Martin, who coaches the defense. I do understand the coaches wanting Latang to simplify his game. He's 31. He may need to do that. Latang said something today that was very telling, quote, I thought it would be easier to come back, unquote. Yo, that neck surgery he had was very, very major, and I don't think he's all the way over it even yet. I either trade Matt Hunwick, like maybe back to Toronto, or I play him. He's a decent hockey player. Maybe he's a bat fit here in Pittsburgh. One thing is certain, you can't keep him around another year at 2.2 mil as your spare defenseman. I think he's better than Ruedel. But coaches can get stuck on certain players, and for Sully and Martin, Ruedel is one of those. Connor Sherry is a tough decision because he had 18 goals. He actually ranked sixth on the team in goals. But he was terrible some nights, and he was horrible in the playoffs. If Sherry doesn't score, he doesn't help. So the question is, does he score enough? I'm not sure about Brian Rust. 
I like Rust as a third-line guy, but third line, no higher. But with Zach Aston Reese and Sprong, and you got Hornquist, Kessel, and Sprong, who are just right wings and nothing else, and Rust really doesn't work as a left wing, at one time a lot of teams wanted to trade for Rust. Maybe he's a guy you can afford to trade now, and he brings decent return. I don't know what they see in Dominic Simone. They see something, and I see nothing. Not unlike Sergeant Schultz in Hogan's Heroes. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. What is your defining moment of the last three Penguin seasons? That number again, 412-333-WXDX. We got Mike Rupp at 430, ex-Penguin now with the NHL Network. We got Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic at 530. It's the Mark Madden Show here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He is Iron Man. Double M, what's up, buddy? Hi. Hey, Double M, just want to get your point on something. But he had sacks. But he had sacks. But he had sacks. The X at 105.9. Doc Emrick, the legendary hockey Nazi, currently employed by NBC, has won an Emmy Award as the outstanding play-by-play man in sports. I can't wait for his acceptance speech when he thanks the Pirates. Doc will work the Pirates. He loves the Pirates so much, and he will work them into any conversation. Uh, Today was the Penguins' final meeting with the media. Chris Letang had some very interesting things to say. Started off with, quote, I have to be better. Quote, I know when I play well. I know when I make mistakes. That's why I can tell you game five is still on my mind. I made a costly mistake. I always put that pressure on myself, unquote. Uh, Game five, of course, is when Latang inexplicably went up on the wrong side of the rink, which gifted uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov a breakaway uh, inside of a minute of the third period with the Penguins leading 3-2. Kuznetsov scored, and the Capitals went on to win 6-3. Latang had trouble recovering from his neck surgery. That's no surprise. He said, quote, I thought it would be easier to come back knowing what I was doing during the summer. I'm going to go back home, train harder, and get back better. This season it was one good game, one bad game. That's hard mentally, unquote. And referring back to the injury, he said, it was eight months of doing nothing. You lose your conditioning. I thought I was going to get over the hump the first few weeks of the season, but it didn't happen that way. And looking ahead, Latang said, quote, all our core guys, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. And then said, quote, I sacrifice everything for this team. My only goal is to spend the rest of my career here, unquote. And I think that would be best for all concerned myself. Again, check out my blog on the Mark Madden page about Tanger. That's at WXDX.com. Uh, here's what Sully said about Latang. Quote, he had stages of the year where he was really good for us, and stages where he wasn't at his best. By no means does it diminish what we think of Chris as a player. He's a guy that we think is certainly one of the elite defensemen in the league. Unquote. I think anyone who wants to trade Latang is just flat out stupid. I have no one, no one has yet told me what the gain would be from it. I mean, you could open up some cap, 
But who do you get with that cap? You don't get somebody with the talent of Chris Letang that can play minutes as effectively and as many of them as Chris Letang. But I'm sure a lot of you disagree. I'm sure a lot of you are ready to wet my pants over my blog and my opinion about Tanger. But I suspect many of you wet your pants anyway, so it's really no big deal. I didn't mention Derek Broussard in the monologue. I don't think any decision has to be made on him. He's a good player who maybe came back too soon from injury, or so he said today. So you just keep Broussard and you play him. And don't con yourself into thinking that Riley Shane is better than Broussard because he isn't. Maybe next year when you put your lines together, you don't go for balance. Maybe you load up the top two lines. Maybe use Broussard as a wing in the top six. Broussard said today he'd do that. Sully was married to certain concepts this year, and that was fine because they worked. But in the playoffs, they didn't, not like you'd like. So perhaps more options should be examined. Uh, Here's what Jim Rutherford, excuse me, Mike Sullivan said about Derek Broussard, quote, I don't know if we ever got there to the comfort level where he's capable of being the player that he is. And Jim Rutherford said he thinks the biggest reason Broussard didn't work out is that he was more injured than he let on. And uh, Rutherford also said Sprong is slated to be a regular on the team next year. Now, I didn't hear Mike Sullivan say that. 412-333-9939. Uh, we are going to have to talk about the Pirates at some point. I mean, aren't we? Or, or maybe not. The Pirates can hit, for sure. They're 20-16. and 16. Maybe they can bleed out 500. Maybe they can contend for most of the season. Andrew McCutcheon is back in town Friday. I'm curious to see how many people show up to see that. If attendance drags for that game, then they may be having a real problem drawing people to PNC Park all spring and summer long. Let's go to Rob in Delmont. Rob, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Hey, not only would uh, we save a lot of money on the cap, but maybe maybe we could get uh, Ian Cole back. What do you think? Are you trying to be stupid? Yes, I am, Rob. Okay, well, you're from Delmont, so I'm not surprised. You're very good at it. Let's go to uh, Mike in the car. Mike, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. How are you? Terrific. Uh, my defining moment over the last three Penguin seasons is either Latang's or Hornquist's goal in Game 6 against San Jose. Well, yeah, but that's when they won the Cup, and I said that game was disqualified. Game 6 at San Jose, Game 6 in Nashville disqualified. Too easy. Let's go to, uh, you know, every time I try formulaic, because I'm not often doing formulaic, it just sucks rectum. That's the only way I could put it. Sorry, Mrs. R. Let's go to Vincent Shaler. Vince, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Quick question here. The defining moment for me was probably game six at Tampa, the first year they won the Cup in 16. What do you think? Uh, that's not a bad call. They had their backs against the wall. They were down three games to two. They went to Tampa one game six, came back here and won game seven. But I don't know that that game six 
had a moment that just leaps out at you, like Benino scoring to beat the Capitals game six in overtime that same year. Let's go to Jeff in Greensburg. Jeff, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How you doing this afternoon? Terrific. Uh, good fan. Uh, I've seen you at the Boulevard that one night. My uh, theory is uh, the dynamic of the Penguins definitely changed was the day that Phil Kessel signed that contract. You know, everybody... What, what do you mean that, he didn't sign a contract? They traded for him. Well, I, you know what I mean. They got him... No, no, I, I don't know what you mean. He hasn't signed a contract since he got here. Well, as soon as he walked into that locker room, it seemed like Sid and Gina stepped up their game as well as a bunch of defensemen that they had over the Yeah, you, you make years, it but... sound like, like Phil's responsible for Sid and Gino being good players, and then you said that the defensemen played better because Phil's here? Why? Because they had to work a lot harder at defense? Thank you for well, the call. A- again, just a dumb idea on my part. I regret it horribly. Let's go to Corey in the car. Corey, you're on with Double M. What up, Big Sexy? What up, man? I don't know so much about the finest, but uh, as far as the most intense moment in the past three years, I would definitely say it was the second overtime goal by Coonins against Ottawa Senators last season. Yeah, that that's right there. The only reason I would put Benino's goal over it is because when Coonins scored, they were defending champs. And when when uh, Benino scored, they hadn't won since 2009. Like, like it seemed like Benino's goal put the Penguins back on the path. When Kunitz scored, they were already on the path. It just was a matter of could Ottawa push them off it. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Got a few more quotes from the Penguins breakup day today. I, I gotta say it was odd. Rutherford said that Kessel dealt with multiple injuries all year and that surgery would not be necessary. But Sullivan pointedly said that injuries were not a major factor with Kessel uh, in the playoffs. And there's kind of an unspoken dynamic there, which is he didn't play bad because he was hurt. He just played bad. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey, super genius, big, big fan. See, you're just screwing with me. You're doing a good job, but you're just screwing with me, right? The X at 105.9. Here are those two quotes about Kessel uh, being injured for the playoffs, and they really are contrasting. Jim Rutherford said, quote, I know some of the things that he dealt with caught up with him, unquote. Mike Sullivan said he was dealing with bumps and bruises just like some of our other guys. It was nothing significant, I could tell you that, unquote. So he uh, definitely put the heat on Kessel, did Penguins coach uh, Mike Sullivan. Uh, here's what Rutherford said about the offseason. It's obvious that I'm going to keep an open mind to making some changes. I'm going to make some changes. I can't tell you who that's going to be right now. We're a good team. We will be a good team moving forward. We will have a chance to win again, unquote. And then Rutherford got asked, how long he'll be sticking around, and he said he'll probably be around longer than some of the Pittsburgh media. I think that's very likely. He'll definitely outlive me. I can tell you that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, a quick little note. Uh, if you want something to pay attention to now that the Penguins are done, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, the soccer team, are the only undefeated team in the United Soccer League. Four wins and three draws. They're at home tomorrow night at Highmark Stadium. they got a new coach, Bob Lilly. He knows what's up. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. 
But that's the Riverhounds at Highmark Stadium. Great facility Friday night. I'm going to go. If you see me, don't bother me. Let's talk to Keith on 79. Keith, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having my call, man. How you doing? Good. Hey, I wanted to, I had a couple quick questions. First is about Sid. He's been around for a while. How long do you think he's got in the league still? I think Sid is a monument to conditioning and dedication. Uh, barring a, a major injury, I think he could play, I don't want to say as long as he wants, but I think Sidney Crosby could play till 40 if that's what he wants. And I think he will want because I don't think Sid has much in his life besides hockey. And I don't say that uh, by way of denigrating. I think hockey's his wife, his kids, his mistress. I think hockey's everything to Sidney Crosby. So I think he'll play, put it this way, I'd be shocked if he doesn't play at least five more years till he's 36, at least. Let's go to Troy and Baldwin. Troy, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, Mark? What up? Hey, uh, the funny moment for me was uh, in 2016 against the Lightning, the uh, the no goal by Druin. Yeah, that's not a defining go, moment. The crowd didn't go four. crazy for that defining moment. Well, that, no, no, it, you're, that's that's a dumb thing. Goodbye. It was an important moment. Defining moment is something everybody remembers. Uber Alice, and that Benino goal, that Kunitz goal. To win playoff series in 16 and 17, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Any dork who calls up and talks about a goal that got disallowed on an offside review is just trying to prove how clever he is, that he he remembers because he's a real fan. Idiot. Let's go to Dean in Upper St. Clair. Dean, you're on with the super genius. Dean, you're on the air. Thank you for the call, Dean. Let's go to John. On Route 51, John, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Um, my uh, my play would be uh, Kunitz's goal against Ottawa last year, and it's 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 more I don't know if it's it's vanquishing a lot of demons for me personally, mainly because Penguins didn't have a lot of luck in Game Sevens to begin with, especially at home. Well, that's true. And, that that's a good point. And um, the the fact that they beat that system that we've watched many better Penguins teams in the past fall to and uh it would just be that yeah, goofy ass one three one right correct and that, that's i don't know it has more to do with me than the team but no no that's a reasonable moment to cite uh again i still would pick the benino goal over the kunitz goal because the kunitz goal came when the penguins were defending champs as opposed to benino's goal which got them back on the path after not having one for for seven years but uh you're right about getting rid of the Game 7 at home demons. Because they were a bitch for a long time, weren't they? Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Sean on the south side. Sean, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M. Just a quick question. What do you think is more of a concentration this offseason? More strong defensemen kind of protecting the puck on the blue line or more speed? Because you got players, like you said earlier, Sherry, who just didn't do anything for us in the playoffs, and then Hagelin, who seemed to have lost half a step throughout the course of the season, and you can only expect that to keep depleting throughout the course. I feel like they have enough up front where they don't need to necessarily go get somebody. I feel like they need a legitimate number six defenseman, and it would be better if he were number five defenseman. 
it, like Alexiak would become the six. But then again, Matt Hunwick, maybe they didn't give him enough of a chance. Maybe they need to give him a longer look than he got this year, and, and we'll see what he is all about. But uh, one thing I would do, and this kind of ties into what you opened up by saying, they need to give Zach Aston Reese and Daniel Sprong regular spots in the top nine and demote, get rid of whatever they got to get rid of, whoever they got to get rid of, whether it's a Sherry, whether you can trade Rust for defensemen, they got to open up spots for those guys. And honestly, I think they probably should have done it this year, and I think it cost them to some degree. But it would have been hard to do because, you know, like it's tough to bench a Sherry for Zach Aston Reese. When Sherry helped you win two cups, well, now ain't nobody in that locker room is a defending Stanley Cup champion. So moves like I'm talking about are easier to perpetrate. Let's go to Phil in the car. Phil, you're on with Double M. Hey, Madden. Uh, Depends the side not to use Daniel Sprong. What is his trade value? Uh, not much. Uh, I, I think that other teams would look at a guy who is a little weak on the defensive side of the puck a little dumb by coaches' standards, uh, who hasn't really been given a chance to progress here in Pittsburgh. And, you know, they would read into that maybe more than they should, but they would read into it. So I think his biggest value is to play here. All he is right now is an AHL goal scorer. You know, that's it. So I don't think you'd get a lot for him. You might. All it would take is one team. But I think you'd get more kind of like Pouliot-level return, which wasn't much. Let's talk to Bob in Uniontown. Bob, you're on with Double M. Mark, you're going to call me crazy, but I, I, it wasn't a playoff game that I thought that was the definitive moment this last two and a half years. I thought it was the Detroit game uh, that they won, and I think it was Sullivan's first win, down by three goals in the third period. Yeah, that is dumb. Goodbye. Nobody remembers that. Nobody. Nobody. I bet Mike Sullivan barely remembers that. Defining moment is something that leaps to everybody's mind, not just your feeble cranium. Really, I've narrowed it down to two, if you exclude the cup-winning games. It's the Benino goal against Washington in 16 and the Kunitz goal against Tampa, excuse me, Ottawa in 17. Let's go to Chris in Wheeling. Chris, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. I have uh, two things for you. Number one, I was wondering, there was a lot of talk early on about Carl Hagman leaving Pittsburgh and us trading him, would you think that would be something that's going to um, come to fruition? And number two, who do you think is a defenseman that we could fill that spot that Ian Cole has left our gap with that's reasonable for us to acquire? Ian Cole didn't leave that much of a gap. Let, let's just stop that, okay? Well, so He's a bottom-pair defenseman. I, I agree with you. My thought on it, however, is that he's a bottom pair defenseman that gives a physical presence that Latang and Mata do not Would you not make out with Alexia Ian Cole if you met him? Either. If you met Ian Cole and he wanted to make out, would you? Uh, no, I would not, and I've never I, met I th- Ian I think, Cole. I think you would. I, I just think uh, you would. You know what's sad? I really like Ian Cole, and all y'all have made me hate him. He was no loss. He wasn't why Washington eliminated them. It just didn't matter. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Matt and Munhall. Matt, you're on with Double M. Matt, are you there? 
This is going great, taking these calls. Let's go to the dude at the bowling alley. The dude abides here on 105.9 The X. Double M, how's it going? Terrific. Hey, I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on this. I think Washington, the the amount of pressure that they were feeling in the last two years uh, may not have been as significant this year. I wonder if that had something to do with their success. What do you think? The fa- so you feel like Washington had less pressure on them this year? Yeah, I think most of the attention was on Vegas this year. Well, no, that's nothing to do with one's nothing to do with the other. I think Washington had lost so many times where they were supposed to win that when they got into a crapshoot, like like this series was talked about with the Penguins, and, and Holtby was a factor too because he lost his starting job. Grabauer lost a couple to Columbus. Holtby came back in, and suddenly he's the underdog. Suddenly the pressure's not there. I think all that stuff kind of added up to Washington beating Pittsburgh. And, and as I will tell you in detail at 4 o'clock, uh, when, when you drill down and look at the, uh, what was it, uh, 6 plus 6 plus 7, 19 playoff games the Penguins have played over the past three years against Washington, it was as close as close could be. Let's talk to Bob downtown. Bob, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M, big fan. Right. Uh, I I think the the shaft save that Flurry made on uh, Vetchkin, flashing the smile afterward, how playful it was, and you know, we're all kind of riding high on Flurry last year during the playoffs. That was a big moment. It was really playful, wasn't it? <laughs> it, it was suggestive. It, it, well. it was a big moment. I can't put it up there with. Uh, the Benino goal and the Kunitz goal. I think it might have been the defining moment of that Game 7 and of that series. Uh, and right. it was a defining moment for Mark on his way out the door as a Penguin. That I will give you. And it, it was great from that perspective alone. Let's go to Dave and Bridgeville. Dave, very quickly. You're on with these Super Double Gs. Game 2 against San Josie. Uh, Crosby to Latang over the Rust overtime goal winner. Yep, I mean, I don't remember it breaking down exactly like you do, but you're probably well, right. But the fact that I can remember the Benino goal exactly and the Kunitz goal exactly indicates sure. they were probably more defining. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Mike Rupp joins me uh, next hour. In just a moment... Well, Brad Marchand has addressed the licking controversy. That's just too good, isn't it? Oh, by the way, there were pictures on Twitter. The Penguins were golfing, and they ran into the Shenderovich twins. There's some pictures floating around online of the Shenderovich twins with a bunch of Penguins. And most notable in the picture is that Connor Sherry is roughly the same height as the Shenderovich twins. And that's not very tall. 1059 the X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Thank you. I want to say, hail, Mark. I would rather give myself a colonoscopy with a coat hanger. The X at 1059. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. The number to call. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CW Electrical Services. 
Facebook.com. Uh, Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins kissed one opponent this year and licked the faces of two others, most recently in their playoff loss to Tampa Bay. Ryan Callahan of the Lightning uh, was the lucky face. Marchand said today he's got to stop licking opponents on the face. The first part of solving the problem is identifying it. Here's a very basic question about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can they legitimately contend for a championship with that defense? Their inside backers stink, and their secondary is suspect. No matter how many points you score, when you got that defense, there's going to be games where the other team scores more, and one of those games will be a playoff game. When Ben popped off about drafting Rudolph, I think him realizing what I just said was the impetus. I keep seeing people say, well, their pass rush is a concern too. They led the league in sacks. They set a team record for sacks. How is the pass rush a concern? I know Bud Dupree hasn't been quite what they want him to be, but they still led the league in sacks, set a team record for sacks. That's a pretty good pass rush. Uh, want to read this exact quote from Zach Aston Reese of the Penguins regarding the Tom Wilson hit. He said, and I quote, I thought it was a bit high. At the end of the day, it's just part of the game. And that's the right thing to say, even if it's total horse manure, because it's not part of the game, and it was more than just a bit high. And it broke your jaw and concussed you, buddy. But uh, it's still the right thing to say. And Zach Aston Reese said, Tom Wilson has not reached out to him. When you text the guy, say, hey, I hope you're okay. Most guys do after perpetrating by way of PR, if nothing else, if not legitimate care. But th that's what Tom Wilson is. He's a scumbag. He hit guys high three times in the playoffs so far. Three times in nine games. He's a repeat offender. He's a serial headhunter. He is a sociopath and a criminal. So, of course, he's not going to send Zach Aston Reese to get well known. Oh, somebody told Tom Wilson to call Zach Aston Reese, and he said he would for sure. Well, now to me, it would be an empty gesture. That was just moving over Twitter. He likes to do that stuff. I'm surprised he didn't say, if he dies, he dies. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We're doing formulaic crappy talk radio today. What was the most defining moment for the Penguins in the last three seasons? I think it was Benino's goal to eliminate Washington in 2016. Some have said it was Kunitz's goal to eliminate Otto in 2017. And those were great moments for the building. Without a question, those were the two defining moments for PPG Paints Arena, period. Uh, since the Penguins moved there. Mostly because they've not yet won the cup there. And you got to wonder if that's ever going to happen. That is indeed the final frontier. Oh, and uh, you can't pick 
game six against Nashville or game six against San Jose, the games Pittsburgh won the cup. That's just too easy. Let's go to Bill in the car. Bill, you're only super genius. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Hi, Bill. Um, I was going to pick game six against uh, Nashville, but since you uh, excluded that, I think I'm going to have to go with game five against them where it was 2-2 and it looked like it could go either way and we just came out and throttled them. Yeah, who scored the winning goal in that game? Uh, I... I think we shot you, you see, if you don't remember stuff like that, it's not a defining moment, brah. Well, that's that's. I mean, that's, I know, I know, I know. They killed him at home, and the crowd went nuts. But I can't put that up there with the Benino goal and the Kunitz goal. I know Muzz got the shutout. It was a great game. I watched from a yeah. hospital. I watched from a hospital bed. I was just lucky to be alive at, at at that point. Okay, if you want to call and talk about the Penguins' defining moment over the last three seasons. You got to do it now because it's a dumb topic. I'm sorry I brought it up. This works for other people because they're not very good, not as good as me. Let's go to Steve in New Stanton. Steve, you're on with Double M. Steve, are you there? Okay, let's go then to John in Jefferson Borough. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Uh, Double M, how are you? Terrific. I just want to say, isn't it a little ironic that both defining moments are from players that we've got rid of? Well, that's the nature of hockey, and we didn't get rid of them. They opted to leave via free agency. They were they were big for us. That's all I'm saying. It just, yeah, a, a couple bottom six forwards. They they had some yep. big moments, but but bro, let me ask you a question. Yeah. When did the Penguins have better centers this year or last year? This year, undoubtedly. Well, yeah. And the only reason you time. the only reason you think Benito and Kunitz contributed so much is because they won with the Penguins, and this year they lost with Broussard and Shane. But any GM in the league would rather have Broussard and Shane over Benito and Colin. I hear people I, I hear people on other shows saying they should bring back Colin. Why don't we bring back Ron Schock, the guy who played center in the seventies, who by the way looks like he's from a horror movie right now. This big shock of white hair. He looks like Grandpa Munster on acid. Let's go to Mark and Robinson. Mark, you're on with Double M. Virginia's. What up? Hey, defining moment possibly here. Uh, game one against Nashville. Basically, you know, the game started out great. Scored those three quick goals. Looked like we are going to run them out of the building. And then the second period just went so wrong. You know, we were kept uh, shotless for the whole thing. And, you know, 20 minutes. Oh, that was when we, we didn't get a shot for like over 20 minutes, and Gensel came out of nowhere and scored, right? Bingo. Yeah. Put it this way that was the defining moment for, for Jake Gensel. Although he had a marvelous playoff all last year, period, and a better one this year despite uh, the brevity. But yeah, that was that was an amazing win. I do remember that. Uh, I'm not sure it's up there with the stuff I'm talking about with the Benino and Kunis goals, but it's it was pretty good. Certainly agreed. Thank you, sir. Let's go to Adam on 70. Adam. You're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Double M. Hey, just wanted to talk to Finding Moments. And for me, how about game one against Nashville where we did not have a shot? Literally, the last game. caller said exactly the same thing. Thank you for listening so carefully. Uh, in just 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you could be disappointed Washington beat the Penguins, but you shouldn't be surprised. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X.